Welcome to the Focus Forward Business Podcast for SturdyMcKee.com. How's your business going? I mean, really going. If your answer is, well, some of it's great, and well, some of it's not so great, then the first thing you need to know is you are not alone. And there is a way to get more great and less not so great. So check out the 12 Focus Forward Pillars at SturdyCoaching.com. The 12 Focus Forward Pillars are the structure that you need in your business to give you the time and space to pursue your business passion. That's the 12 Focus Forward Pillars at SturdyCoaching.com. Hey, welcome, and thank you for listening or watching the Focus Forward Business Podcast. I'm Sturdy McKee. I'm business coach and advisor and your host for the podcast. Uh, today, I am very pleased and excited to bring you Tracy Lamori, founder of Lamori Media. Um, Tra- Tracy is a Universal Women's Network 2020 Woman of Inspiration winner for the Women in Media Award and the author of the upcoming book, Get Repped, uh, Build Your Brand with Effective Public and Media Relations. Um, thank you so very much for being here, Tracy. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on and to speak to your audience. Oh, absolutely. Um, so will you please tell people a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so um, the bio says I'm an international award-winning publicist working across industries and across borders. And that's true. Um, worked really hard to get there. I didn't start that way. But yeah, so I, I'm based in, in near Toronto in Hamilton, um, which is in Canada over the border. But when it's not COVID era, I'm, normally I'm doing all kinds of traveling all over the states from Ohio to Washington, D.C. to to Los Angeles and Vegas and the Grand Canyon and everything else. So I'm stuck up here. Well, I shouldn't say stuck. I love it up here, but you know, I'm feeling a little cabin fever when I'm used to traveling. (laughs) But yeah, I work across industries, helping people with whatever message elevate their brand. And when people hear publicist or PR, they think sports stars or TV people. And I, I certainly work with, you know, high profile entertainers, but I also work with about 40, 50% of my business is small business entrepreneurs, small and medium sized business experts of every kind. Um, everybody from you know, health experts to a luxury real estate agent to a forensics crime specialist to a neuropsychologist, a neuroscientist, all across the board. So anybody who you know, might have something to say on any subject, I find the media opportunities to help elevate their brand and bring gravitas you know, to their name and that third party credibility. That's awesome. That's awesome. So is uh, Lamori Media your first business? Uh, pretty much. I started Lamori. It was a, a, its original incarnation. So I started as a freelancer 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then five years into that, um, we started Lamori Public Relations and Marketing. So I come from sales and marketing on an entry level. So I think that was a, a lack of, you know, a confidence to put them together. Like, I, what if I don't get enough PR work? You know, I'll be <laughs> able to still. But I never ended up doing any marketing other than, you know, applying my skills. If I have a client mm-hmm. PR project and they're doing something on the side and advising them, you know, like bigger picture kind of stuff but it's purely been PR so when we um upped our game to incorporation in uh, the mm-hmm. middle of COVID in August or we we submitted our papers in July by the time the government got a lot back because of COVID it was you know October but we upped our game so right. we're now Lamori Media Inc so my first company was a general partnership with my husband Dave Parkinson um that we called Lamori PR and Marketing that I'd started while he still was working full-time elsewhere and then he came in because it got too busy and I would have to hire so we you know took his skills for finance hired him away from other stuff and now he's doing my back end but uh, so Lamori Media is my first corporation now that I'm uh, 
all, all incorporated. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Tell us a little bit more about how you got started, though, because you um, basically you, you repurposed a skill set you had learned as an employee and working in kind of a past past career, if you will. And but not even as an employee, an advocacy work and activism. Oh, okay. Well, also, because I was in entry level sales and marketing, and so the okay. marketing part, you know, that was my prof- professional trajectory. What I would, and I didn't go to school for it, but mm-hmm. you know, I just fell into started to work in office work uh, after I backpacked through Europe after I finished my you know schooling, and then um, would have just stayed on that trajectory. Would have been probably middle management in my career in marketing. Right. So I had, you know, basic market, not basic. I mean, I'm smart and strategic. So I had marketing skills, but um, I, I, as an advocate, I learned how to write a press release, doing some advocacy work mm-hmm. on a, a case of innocence on, on death row, actually in Pennsylvania, which is just something I randomly got called into. Mm-hmm. We found our way into, which is really strange because it wasn't any kind of thing we'd ever done before. Turned out we were right. It was a beginning of a 19 year. We look on now as a campaign that we started. We didn't use that kind of language then. It was just, you know, young activists, trying to get the word out and I learned how to write literally learned how to write a press release on the Alta Vista back in 1998 and it was another literally 12 years before I thought I could probably monetize those skills of, that I learned in successfully dealing with media that I ended up having was on t- my communication, had us on MSNBC, Court TV, CNN, all those mm-hmm. things with no legal experience and no media experience really other than a little radio show in Toronto College Radio. So right. it, a decade later, I thought, oh yeah, I'm pretty good at that and started taking on freelance clients. Once one or two people trusted me enough to hire me as a freelancer, I you know rocked the game, did really well. And ultimately get the confidence to start a little general partnership, which went on for five years. And then we started Lamori Media. So it's, you know, I'm, I, I, and this is what I do. I, what I've done for myself, literally from nine years ago, starting as a freelancer with right. no professional education, no professional experience, nothing but a crappy old desktop and the internet connection, <laughs> the brains here nine years ago to now literally quote international. And this is the truth, right? International award-winning publicist. I have 38 clients right now, literally across industries from health to cannabis to, to you know, music, to film, to, uh, and they're award-winning on all levels. I have business awards. You know, being one international award as a disruptor yesterday from, you know, what, not me, one of my clients. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, playing with the big players and making them bigger and playing with small guys and making them bigger. And it's fun all the time. <laughs> so oh, it's fun. somehow lucked into this, this life that even from my basement is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then we'll get to travel soon again. And you oh, mentioned you'd been Jamaica, Malta, I mean, all kinds of places. So. Um, all these random places that I never, you know, it wasn't me picking them. It was like, oh, yeah, I've got to send you to my, oh, okay. Uh, Jamaica. And now I already know on the other end, I've got Ghana, which I've never been able to go to oh, Africa. Awesome. Africa. So, I mean, I'm ready for this to lockdown to be over. And I'm just like, you know, <laughs> give me whatever vaccine you need to give me to get me on a plane. Don't even care. You guys argue among yourselves. <laughs> just, right. I'll, I'll worry about it, you know, from my laptop on the beach with the palm trees behind me. <laughs> <laughs> so do you wish like in starting this up and kind of going from, I mean, basically scratch to where you are today that you had done anything differently along the way? Um, I wish that I, I mean, not really. I mean, in some way I, I say, well, I wish I had that 
aha moment mm-hmm. about monetizing it earlier because earlier. the whole time we were doing all those awesome media things, we were I was still doing you know entry level or slightly less than entry level sales and marketing and jobs I didn't care about for products I didn't care about all day long mm-hmm. and then going home to do the things I really cared about. So I wish I'd had that aha moment that I hope people listening to will hear and realize that you know everybody whether I mean I'm sure it's not a project like that, but everybody has something you love that you spend time with that could actually be something something to do with that thing could be something you monetize and make it create a life that you love right whether it's a hobby or activism or passion or whatever it can actually happen um so i wish that i had that moment you know earlier so i wouldn't have been wasting my time quote unquote in the day job making whatever money to do things i didn't care about and i could have started this trajectory because who knows where but at the same time no because this kind of this thing that i'm doing now takes a lot of focus on clients and on a mill 40 different clients and lots of moving parts and instead of what i was doing back then you know was working at a, a day job that whatever i did my job and then i came home and then mm-hmm. i spent time helping pushing really hard and being one of the major moving parts that helped ultimately free a man who was innocent on death row for 20 years so that's yeah, not that's a bad cool. way to spend your 20s and 30s. And I don't care that I didn't, <laughs> you know, now I can talk to him every day and we laugh and, you know, my husband and I are like talking, you know what I'm saying? We're like, we yeah, no, that's cool. Time he gets out. And he's a recording artist now. So we think that's funny. He gets out now. He's an R&B recording artist, getting attention and Rolling Stone and all that. And we're international award-winning publicists. And again, rewind. We were like literally penniless sales and marketing, entry level, whatever people didn't know how to do anything, make a website. And he was some guy on death row nobody was listening to. And now the truth came out in 2017, the courts have acknowledged. And now he's, you know, and this is, I mean, he might, we were talking about, there was literally two times when they asked, what do you want your last meal to be? Well, he had execution dates twice and both times he refused. He said, he refused to give him that answer. I can smile now. The reason I'm smiling is because yesterday he was asked, he's doing a major performance and they, and he's going to be, you know, flying to somewhere in America to do it. Like if we can get over the, you know, COVID flight, some issue that he's worried about. But anyway, he's going to be flying somewhere to do it. And they said for the first, you know, like full artist thing, you know, but he's going to have a dressing room and they're like, so what do you, what do you want to eat in your dressing room? And he didn't even realize that he was just saying to me, me and my wife were saying, oh, well, you know, they're the first time anybody's ever asked since we have a dressing room and what do I want to eat? And we got off the phone. Then I messaged him. I said, remember those nasty word I said, you know, remember those, people asking you what you wanted for your last meal and he doesn't say anything from it. And then I'm like, now, now they're asking you what you want to eat in your dressing room, superstar. And he's like, how about that? That's <laughs> so quite the shift. Was never, never, never give up all those years. And now I always say, we there's a quote I heard on Facebook that said, we didn't get this far to only get this far. And I use that like when people hmm. are discouraged or, you know, maybe they felt like jumping off a bridge yesterday, but they didn't. I'm always like, you know what? You didn't pass, you didn't get through all those struggles to get here to only fail or to only, not fail because fail's fine. I mean, but to, to uh, like, you know, you didn't get here to, to give jump up, up and, to give up, to, to you know, yeah. drop after you've been through all that. And to him, I say that, if you know, because he's got PTSD and some stress and trauma. When we sure, talk, I'm sure. like, now we're talking from a cell. You call me from a cell, not a cell, <laughs> you know? Right. And, you know, <laughs> I know the story's not over until you get that Grammy. And then we, we always laugh because it's true. Who would have ever thought this is even possible? So everything is possible. Don't let anybody tell you whatever isn't possible. It's like all the awesome things anybody does from epic things like that to just starting a business to becoming successful. It's all because you kind of believed you could for a minute and you didn't let anybody dampen that. Right, right. And yeah, and if you did, even momentarily, you get back up, dust off and keep going. No, that's exactly. awesome. So w- tell me a little bit more, though, about that 
that aha moment what led to that tracy what were you inspired by somebody i, you... I wish i could remember what was happening the moment before i mean the thought that i knew exactly what uh -huh. i was doing i wish i could remember the thought that i had the moment before because i was just sitting down at my desk and i was lucky enough to work from home i'd been able to manage that for several years even you know as an employee uh, doing contract work in telesales and i was just sitting there gonna do i was working for an iso 9000 company which is great you know whatever calling their customers about their updated now whatever iso 9000 mm -hmm. and so i'm gonna make another you know 25 calls that hour or sitting down to make another 25 calls for another eight hours you know whatever it was. And I don't know what it is, but literally at that moment, sitting at my desk in that corner of that rented apartment, we had just sold our big house, for, you know, which was we in a small town that we sold it because we threw, and then we um, were waiting for the money to come in. We we're like in a little rented apartment and, you know, um, <laughs> and so all of a sudden they, they, there is uh, that aha uh -huh moment. I don't know what it is, but I just literally remember thinking, huh, I could probably like get people, you know, those press releases I write. I could probably right. like, isn't that a thing? Isn't that a publicist? Like, because huh? mm -hmm. I never thought about it. I've been doing that for years. Uh, actually, not just the Jimmy Dennis thing, but then I got involved with campaigning at that time. Now I'm just disappointed with politics all around. But at that time, <laughs> I was passionate about like all, the whole thing, all of them. Even the people who think like me, it's just all a shit show, you know? <laughs> I can't. I just don't even watch it personally or professionally. But at one time, I was all passionate about politics. I wanted to be in politics. I was, you know, you know, and I was volunteering for you know a girl who became a good friend of mine who I really believed in and still would if she was running. But um, but she wasn't a politician. She was just you know cool. Anyway, so we did. I was helping her with this little activist campaign in this small town, and then she suddenly asked me to be the campaign manager. And this is for the NDP, mm -hmm. which we have three parties in Canada. So the NDP mm -hmm. is the the lefter than the liberal, but they're not crazy for sure. They're like, a lot of would say not left enough, but I mean, they're just, so they're mainstream. They're a national party, not the top two, but they're the third and they're, you know, for right. sure. And so when she asked me to be the official campaign manager, even just for that small, you know, town of a hundred or 50,000 people in the area or whatever, I was like, Oh my God, I'd already been, I mean, I've been on national TV doing all that stuff, but I never thought about that. So she's like, well, look at what you're doing. You're already, so I was already acting that way. And then I knew how to write a press release, started segueing it for that campaign, getting the attention, blah, blah, right. blah, the whole time, all the kids were excited to the point where the national campaign came up to see what we were doing in that small town. So clearly I was good at just like ramping up the excitement and the whatever. And so then when I moved back to Toronto and I'm there working again for my, you know, little sales job, it suddenly hit me. I don't know. Those the combination. It wasn't just, it was just like, I was like, wait a minute. I know how to write a press release. I know how to do with media. Something that is a, a mystery to most people. I do. If somebody has something they're upset about, they call me and I'm like, oh, let me tell the newspaper about it. Even my daughter, when she was, you know, 17, she, or I guess she was like probably nine or maybe 19. First moved out of home. She moved to the next city over London and she mm -hmm. calls me one day and says oh, uh, <laughs> proudest moment of my life she's like give me a call she's like look at the CTV news at six o'clock I'm like why I'm gonna be honest I'm like why and she's like oh well you know she was in her super activist young passionate activist environmentalist days she woke up one morning and she had looked out and they were cutting down and they were going to cut down a tree there and she was like don't cut down the tree and she literally you know all Julia Hill like and she's like four foot something on crutches, right? Oh. On Julia Hill, she drops her crutches, climbs up the tree. The, still like, the, the developers are like, oh, we're gonna call the police, you know, get out of the tree. She's like, oh no, go ahead and call them. And then she's telling me this story before I'm watching, she's telling me what happened. And she's like, and it, luckily the police or the, the media got there before the police did, which is hilarious. There she is, little four foot something girl with passion with her crutches, little disabled girl climbing up the tree, like not having it, right? So it's a great media story. <laughs> 
And I'm like, well, how? then I asked the question, how did the, but how did the media, like, because she's telling me they got, the media got there before the cops did. Yeah. How did the media find out, right? And she's like, oh, I threw my cell phone down to my friend and told him to call CTV. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> she was listening to you, right? <laughs> my girl. Like, she got it. She understood that whole thing. She knew what was news and she knew how to do it without compunction, without, like, fear, you know? And that was, and I said, "How'd you? What do you think of that?" She's like, "Well, I watch you." <laughs> no, that's awesome. So but we can all do that. Is the lesson? It's just a matter of knowing how, and recognizing the story, and knowing right. how to, you know. Well, and if it, if it's if you haven't had the benefit of watching somebody oh, and, they and going down the tree, right, right. they ended up making. She made them promise in front of the media that they wouldn't cut down that tree to get her down, <laughs> and because it was on tape. <laughs> they, held, right. they went to the through it. They they ended up just like treating the tree or whatever, and it was fine. <laughs> so like, again, what does that teach her? I have power, same as I learned when I was fifteen and whatever I did at first. You know, so try to stop a person that learned that lesson. No, that's awesome. So, and then you've got, I mean, so if folks like us though that didn't have the benefit of learning from you and you know living with you and watching and all that stuff, you know, that's I, I love that you're. You're now doing that for your clients, right? You're you're the conduit. You have the expertise. We don't. I guess that's one of the themes that I, I dwell on a little bit is this idea of your core versus non-core activities or business. That so many business owners we've already got so much going on, and we keep trying to learn how to do more things. Not exactly. I say that all the time. And yeah. I talk you know, about the, they, they say, as, well, what can we do ourselves? So I talk about some things you can do yourself, you know, mm -hmm. but how effective is it? It can be, but, but like I say, first thing, when people say, what can I do to reach out to media myself as a business owner? The first thing I say mm -hmm. is don't. And then I, I don't say, I don't mean don't at all. I mean, stop before you do, because you can mm -hmm. burn more bridges than you build. Mm -hmm. And 90% and, and of business owners are going to reach out with something advertorial, not editorial. And it's going to shoot them right out of the water, right off the gate. And then the next time, they're probably not even going to get their emails opened by that editor. So you have right. to really understand the pitch, the editorial versus advertorial. What is news? What might be news, but not for the newsroom. Maybe it's for the lifestyle, lifestyle section or the, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So understand where you're sending things, understand how you present yourself. It's not a resume it's what makes you a compelling guest with some components on your resume right and um yeah and then there's and, and then finding what i can do because i do it i have you know all these clients so i'm always all day i look at these sources these sources these sources these sources to find and then i can just email you hey here's sturdy this fits you this fits you here's something you can answer i got you this podcast interview you know instead right. of any one entrepreneur spending four hours of his day going through all of those sources that i have to go through to find that well, you know, and, yeah, and that's that alone and then booking the time, then having the communication you've now you're not if you're an artist, you're not doing what you love, which is being on a stage. If you're, a, exactly. you know, if you're a publicist, like you know, you're not me, if you're a lawn care provider, whatever you're doing, you're not you're leaving your business alone and not doing it in order to learn my business. So I always say if you have more time than money, then, you know, <laughs> sure. I mean, like spend a little bit of time i know some people do like maybe you know right. but, but if you have even a little bit of money you know and you can throw it at me for a month i have or like i'm sure other people do the same thing but i specifically mm -hmm. say me because pr traditionally can be intimidating for, for a small business because it's three thousand a month three month minimum is pretty standard when you call a big pr house but sure. because i do so much educating of entrepreneurs and executives and or sorry entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and creatives mm -hmm. i feel like i can't do all this and then tell them okay now it's out of your reach and even me with my business doing well 
If someone right. tells me something that I haven't thought about before, it's not in my business plan, I'm not going to just dump $9,000 on a dime to, to test it. So I understand that from, from dealing with solopreneurs too and little startups, even startups that are going to be giants soon, like my you know, award-winning on the international level, just where they're still a little startup. Even though they got a half a million dollar in funding, they've still got to allocate. So you have to understand where they are, you know, and then you can grow with them. But also... I just want them to access PR. I don't want their, I, I see how they all have blind spots. It's really, and the way I do it, I don't undercut myself. You know, I, I figured right. out ways that I know. I know when, before I, before I hire someone, before someone hires me, I know, when, like, I don't take them on unless I know pretty much out of the board. I know I can at least get them this, this, and this from based on the relationships I have and where mm -hmm. I already know I can pitch them where they fit. I pretty much know by the time I take their money where I'm, that I can at least I can start run, start the ground running with right. some real results for them. And then we still have the other three weeks, you know, for me to figure out what I can get for them. So at the end of the month, guaranteed, they're going to have, see, so any entrepreneur who could spend like a thousand bucks or whatever, for even for one month, and it gets less if you decide to get three months, there's mm -hmm. stupid deals and discounts and everything. But I mean, if what they come out, it's not a joke. They come out with number one, they're going to see me, how I frame them. And even well, if they only hire me for that four weeks, then they say, I can't do any more to buy. They're going to end up with that pitch. They've got that pitch now that I wrote. They see how they're right. framed. Their mind is literally going to be blown away by the kind of media opportunities I can get them. And I mean, anybody, like if you do, like I always use the example, if you do lawn care, if you, I listed the clients that I have from the real estate agent to, you know, people, it's not, you don't right. have to be a celebrity. There's opportunity literally for everybody. I'm actually like, there's a thing called help a reporter out. One of those, up, one of those things are, I look right. at every day. Right. People don't realize that I'm looking at it right now, you know, before we got on the phone, they're looking for what somebody with a deadline of the 23rd is looking well, for. Let me let me interject real quick, though, because I don't think like I used to subscribe to Harrow 10 years ago. Right. Um, to help a reporter out. And they had an email kind of list and stuff. And I and and I've worked in kind of helping organizations. Right. Did some communication external for for EO and. One of the things that stood out to me that you kind of alluded to a couple times here, but haven't said specifically explicitly, is the these different organizations, whether they're an individual reporter or a publication or whatever, they've got an editorial calendar, they've got topics and subjects they're specifically looking for a month, two months, three months longer down the road, and they're they're searching those topics out. And for you as an individual business owner to be weeding through all that doesn't make a lot of sense but the point being that yeah well that's but that is your job right and we're if if somebody comes to you on a specific topic or or industry or what have you you like already have four different places you could put them based on what the the media is looking for so yeah there's the emergent story like your daughter but then there's also all this planned topics and content exactly. and stuff that they're that and they, I call that the yeah. opposite of a press release when I'm trying to explain it to people right. everyone knows of a press release where we hey you have a story we call the media we put it out there we see who picks it up and the opposite right. of that is things like there I mean there's now there's a bunch of matchmaker you know for podcast services and right. by the same token there's services like the help reporter out where I in one week got one client in um in just one week, the same client in the New Yorker and Reader's Digest. I've got another client in Huge. Good Housekeeping. Uh, I got myself in, oh, sorry, in the New York Times, mm -hmm. in uh, New York Magazine, in The List, in Oprah.com, in I can't even think like so many things. 
And that's exactly, they're like, you know, like right now, you know, so with a deadline of 25th of April, a reporter here is looking for somebody who can speak on a vegan skincare routine. So there's maybe somebody's a vegan, they make a, you know, they yeah. spoke, they make a vegan, whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, oh, here's what they should do. It's not an opportunity to say, here's my product, but it's an opportunity to say, oh, Tracy from Tracy's vegan product line says, whenever you're looking for products, you should blah, 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 blah. So right. you have that mention, that gravitas, that third party. And there's a million opportunities at that because, and reporters are looking all the time, you know, because they're assigned three stories. They're not experts. They're not running out the door, knocking on the door. And they come to publicists, like real estate. I use this as an example all the time. If you listen to my podcast, that's why I had to go and find a real estate agent client because I was like, there's so many. So there's a million. <laughs> we, all have a, we know a million agents, but how do they differentiate themselves? They all have the exact same stuff on their pages. They look the same. Mm -hmm. You know, picture everything else, right? right? And but you know what? Every single day on heroin stuff, every day, more than celebrities, more than anything, I see media looking for for real estate agents to quote or people with expertise on housing design or in moving because I guess because it's lifestyle it's money it's everything like that it's so common and real estate agents 90% do not know about those opportunities and they spend tons of money marketing money buying giant backsplashes and you know <laughs> ads and everything grocery cards <laughs> And but why does Forbes not call the real estate agent? Because they want someone who can give good quote. They call the mm -hmm. publicist or they use these services so that somebody who understands media, who will be editorial, not advertorial, who won't freeze up in front of you know. So get yourself in the mix. And it, again, doesn't matter what you do for a living. I always say cleaning toilets at the hotel, you know, lawn care, garbage. You have stories. You know your personal story. Yep. And you have, you know, and then you have stories about your business and you have stories that we don't know based on not just what you do, but what's around what you do. So every single, if you don't believe me, challenge me. Like call me for a 30 minute consult and I'll tell you what we can do for you specifically because I can get you out there. Oh, I love it. I love it. So going back to kind of you, you as an entrepreneur yourself, um, you know, time and prioritization, getting things done is always a challenge. What tips or advice do you have for other business owners um, on, on prioritizing on, on, you know, creating structure or folks who are struggling with not having enough time? Yeah, that's been to me. I don't know if it works for me or the way I work works for other people or if it's sort of, you know, like I find and I've seen some people, organizational people talk about this. But there's nothing I'd ever read or anything. But I find for me, when I'm overwhelmed and have like a lot of things to do, and mostly it's, you know, usually I can juggle things pretty easily. Maybe three or four times a year, it'll happen that all of a sudden I have four clients needing something specifically, urgently, date specific that day. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I don't know, oh my God, I literally pull a 24 hour, but I managed to make every single thing work at the end. I'm like, oh, I'm a rock star. But usually that, <laughs> usually it doesn't happen like that, right? You're able to, but so, but still, I mean, this is my, this, I, I like paper still. This is literally mm -hmm. my to-do list. Look how excited I get when I cross something up. Yeah. <laughs> much of you for like the next week or so there's a million other things like this is like my priority list and i literally write it down like that and i on paper and i literally cross it off like that and sometime mm -hmm. i even I'll allocate a certain time like okay i'm gonna work on this press release you know and setting this out you know for right. the next hour and then i'm gonna stop at the hour because then I'm going to race myself for that whole hour to see how effective I can be, how much, you know, not like in effect, but I mean like 
how many I can get out. I'm being, right. I'm not getting up and I am not, I'm being super like focused on that job and get, right. and then when that hour's done, even if that job's not done, as long as it's not hugely time sensitive, that's a different story. But if, it, if I'm, you know, you're juggling a few different projects that week, I'll put that one aside and then I'll go on to the next one. Okay, now, so now I'm going to call, you know, all the publicists for all the high profile Hollywood people that my African client wants to. So for that one hour, that's all I'm going to do. And then I cross that off, you know, so I've set up nice. these things. Like I've got to go through Harrow three times a day. I've got to go through that. You know, those are all on my list, literally. And then I cross it off. I look at the thing and I've got those things done. And I just keep, I just do it like that. And I find that way it's more, it's just organizational. I've done a little bit and you'd be surprised what you can do in an hour too. If you like literally mm -hmm. really, really focus on an hour, there's a lot you can do where you can say, okay, then you can report to the client. Look, I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. Does that all look good? Okay. So while they're looking right. that over, what you're doing, then I can work on the next client. Right. right. And then I get the thing. Then I can review that. I some a piece of writing for them to review for that. You know what I mean? Or I have a conference call. Then I oh. go back to the first one. Oh, okay, that's ready to go. That one's ready to go out. So I pretty much, you know, if someone's time sensitive, calendar it. My calendar, I'm become one of those people that I used to laugh at. And I'm also now one of oh, the calendar. Let me check my calendar. <laughs> now I can't imagine living without it. And now I really become one of those people who sees what the beauty of an admin assistant would be. Because now I spend the first mm -hmm. three hours of the day because I do all those pitches and uh, booking things. So imagine if you're an entrepreneur and this isn't even your job. Like, you know, now I'm... <laughs> right my day just booking those things and that's something i want to offset now to a junior publicist to book those things so that i can do continue to reach them out and then maybe when they call in you know what i mean i'm doing the reach out oh, yeah. to get you in there and then they can when they respond positively so i'm looking for ways to, to do that well i mean one of the things you mentioned there though and, and it seems so simple and maybe self-evident but it i think it bears some calling out is writing it down just writing it down even keeping the list because then you're not trying to remember all the things you got to do. It's yeah, amazing. exactly. It's huge. And, you know, and I don't know yeah. why I find just like, I really satisfactory to just cross that next thing off the list. And well, yeah. morning, well, I'm that... almost like waiting to get to my list at night. I almost don't want to go because I want to do another 10 minutes <laughs> on my list. And you know what else I do is I intersperse a couple little things in there that aren't work related. And I'm mm -hmm. a workaholic. So every, all my time, I can be working at two in the morning. doesn't matter if it's on my list. I'm doing that. Right. But right. like, I put a couple of things in there too. Like, you know, um, yeah, just a few things in there that I want to do. Like, you know, if, I, if there was a couple of contests that I wanted to enter some silly thing online, I put in there contests and go read these articles. Very rare. Like, I mean, maybe mm -hmm. one every ninth thing, which means every ninth hour I might stop and go, all right, you know what? I'm just going to chill for a minute and sit here and do the other things, answer that letter, you know, to right. my family. Somebody texted me or emailed me that I've been putting off because I'm so busy. I'm going to, it's not work related, but I'm going to answer that friend or, you know, mm -hmm. schedule those things in too, because those are also important. Yeah. And not the contest, but I mean, the, the, the friend, the, a lot of things that we need behind, like, you know, I mentioned, thank my grandma for that thing or, you know, do those <laughs> things that you'll if you didn't do those things so even schedule an hour in to get your little things in so mm -hmm. that they're not so they're not distracting you later in the day too right well and that, that written list too allows you when you go to focus on the one thing to not be distracted by the worries the concerns or the other stuff you got to get done it, you can go back to it it's there 
unless, you know, saying, unless media calls, like if I have a client that's, right. you know, my lowest paid client that only paid a little bit or my high, highest Hollywood client, doesn't matter who I'm working on. If media calls for somebody, media doesn't wait, you know, so right away, oh, hold on. Mm-hmm. And I'll deal with that in terms of like, if it's an emergency, you know, like a network and they're going to interview somebody and it's for tomorrow time, time sent, not a right. time you got to set that right? up. I'll take care of that but otherwise it doesn't matter like who i'm i'm working on my smallest guy for an hour who's paid me 200 dollars for one little project you know like for mm-hmm. an hour and a half of work mm-hmm. and that's his hour and a half it doesn't matter if hollywood guy calls me <laughs> and if he does i'll call, message hollywood guy. i'm busy right now and they know okay and they all anybody from little guy to big guy well they know to t- if they tell me but if it's like no no but i really need you okay then again it doesn't matter who it is big right. or little if it's you got an urgent question, maybe media's calling you, maybe something's going on, you need your publicist, I'm going to put it outside, obviously. But in terms of when I've got an hour to work on something, nobody intrudes on that hour, it doesn't matter who they are, that's your hour. Now I'm going to the next one. Oh. <laughs> you know, so then I'll go back to yours and then that. But just I split it up that way because then I find I'm always fresh and I'm not getting tired in the project too. Because it's true, you yeah. know, when you start something else, your brain is fired up differently and you're like, okay. And then you go back to the other one, maybe you've had some ideas and. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Oh, that's cool. So what, um, you know, one of the things we talk about uh, on the podcast and, and one of the things I'm passionate about is so many business owners, entrepreneurs feel like they're alone, like they're facing these. And, and I think it's even worse now with COVID and stuff. We don't have the opportunity to talk and connect with as many people as, as often as maybe we used to. We're facing these challenges and, and what have you. And, you know, the thing, the dirty little secret is that all business owners are facing some kind of challenge, right? On every, any given day. So what what are what are you currently facing? What challenges are you facing in your business and how are you working to overcome them? Um, I think one thing I've just sort of passed, I'm just sort of getting my handle on now, but it was a, a you know thing for a long time. And I think it is one that mm-hmm. it, that is um, and it's still continuing to be, you know, like it's still a challenge. I think a lot of business owners have this, and especially people who started as freelancers, I think, and especially people who like I didn't come my business background I didn't know how to build right. a business I knew I mean I'm very good at what I do like I knew how to be a freelancer like I said be an excellent freelancer but in terms of what the back end and you know all that stuff is something I just didn't go to school for I didn't I wasn't raised thinking I was going to do that it wasn't you know most mm-hmm. of us are raised to be employees not raised by our parents but I mean was taught to be an employees because we see differently really up close right sure. and so um because at first I definitely when I came out of the board when I was a freelancer you know when I just started when I was using um Upwork and Elance and stuff like that to get my it was Elance in those days to get my mm-hmm. clients I, I I did really the what I shouldn't have done for my level but I, I guess I had to get more faith in myself as well and feel like I had to put the gravitas behind me which I've obviously been very successful at doing but um is I came out the board offering I mean I didn't even know what PR publicist when I heard what publicists charged then, there's no way I would have the confidence to come out of the gate saying, oh, <laughs> pay me this. That, that, that. I was coming from being a, a, a glorified telemarketer, basically, you know? Mm-hmm. So like 20 bucks an hour was like, you know, good wage for me in those days. <laughs> so I priced, you know, like, like, like 
you know, what sounded like to a telemarketer a good wage and, you know, just sort of offered PR, like excellent PR, because that was good from the beginning, you know, at the, at the price that you would pretty much pay for like a low level service provider. And I think, you know, I didn't realize, although I got clients did great work and I, I obviously, not, and, you know, I managed to build my business on it in nine years. And as I changed that way of thinking, most of my people pounding my, like it took a long time for me to have the confidence because people were afraid of losing that client. We're afraid when they say, how much is it of saying, and then pricing ourselves out but we have to have the you know we really have to understand that our services aren't based on somebody else's budget and this i mean there's a challenge sometime because it's time of covid when everybody's having a hard time and this sometimes it is advantageous to take that client you know but in terms of always undercutting yourself like i was you know at one point i was stealing from i was told my business consultant was like you're crazy you're like stealing from your children you know, to give a good deal to every everybody you meet, where they don't even need, like, they don't even necessarily need it. Anybody will tell you, like, if, right. if you, like, start saying, oh, I'll give you a deal before they even, you know, then They're not anybody asking for a will, deal. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know who definitely have money say to people, oh, I don't know if I have money, you know, so if you, like, just jump at the first time someone says that, no, you have to be, like, and you have to be faith, you know, confident enough that when the time is right to add a zero and then add another zero. And every time I've added those zeros and, you know, also be ready to you know, make an exception if you feel like you feel called to, you know, mm -hmm. but you can't do that all the time. Because like I said, my consultant said to me and she was right. Like I said, I had not a business. I come from activism. And she said, you need to start acting like the, the, the direct or the this is before we incorporated, but she said, you need to start acting like the director of a company, a business mm -hmm. that exists to make money and to feed, you know, its employees and it's whatever. That's what you, you know, you're not a charity. You keep right. acting like you're a charity, you know, <laughs> and so you got to realize you, you know, what you do, you get clients in good housekeeping, you build their business, you literally build their businesses, you get the media attention that builds their credibility with investors, with clients, with, you know, and she's like, that's like, she's, she's an accountant. She was like, at this time, that was years ago, but she was like, I don't work for less than 150 bucks an hour. She's like, and I'm doing their taxes. You're getting people in good housekeeping. Stop it. So it should have took our I ended up finally, I still don't want to only be available to the elite, like we said. So that's why I ended up figuring out ways after hours of arguing with way of figuring out a way that I can do without undercutting myself at all. I can still offer, I don't do it by the hour. No one's going to ask me how many hours or minutes or weeks or did it take you to get me those five media articles and those two interviews? Does anybody really care if at the beginning, like, it's not about mm. how much time I took, it's about the results. So at the beginning right. of the month, I tell you, this is the results you're going to get. Some of them might take me. I don't like at the beginning. I know this won't take me long. This won't take me long. This won't take me long because I already have established those relationships. And then the next three weeks, like I said, it's up to whatever I see. I might get super excited and see a billion opportunities. I might spend 50 hours on your project. Mm -hmm. You know, if I see the opportunities and the time and I think it's going to be worth it, or I might just be, you You don't know how much time, or I might, maybe I'm only checking the heroin. You owe me, uh, you know, my only time I'm spending is, you know, when I'm checking all the heroes and all those things, what I, I also do for my other clients and then mm -hmm. sending you the thing. And if you're really on the ball and you just send me the answers, all I got to do is send them to the supporter. It doesn't actually take me a lot of my time and you depending on how well you, you know, work with me, you might have 50 articles for my time, mm -hmm. you know? So 
Yeah, so that's what I end up doing is making I have packages that I'm proud to say are available for anybody who's in business. You know, like you don't, right. it's not far reaching under a thousand bucks. Anybody who's in business can afford one of those packages and they get even cheaper if you buy, you know, more monthly or whatever. Same with creative. If you can't afford it today, if that's a goal and you see the value, which there is a value, then you'll be able to, you know, save up that few dollars to do it tomorrow. Take a little bit out of your ad budget, you know, budget for it take you know don't go away for two days or something and spend it's worth spending the money on well that's a great lesson for all entrepreneurs too to value figure out the value of what you're bringing and then price things and own it and not be embarrassed or worried about it you know that is what you deliver yeah, yeah. no that's great so are there um any like articles you're reading right now or favorite business books or any content that you're you want to share with people that you think would help them out I haven't been reading anything lately because I'm just so busy, busy, but I always say there is one book I think across industries and I always say it is one of my yeah. clients, but one of my first clients, I have a lot of clients who write books. So I'm not saying that because it's a uh, client, mm-hmm. uh, but whenever people uh, talk about business audience, I think this one works for every business audience. It certainly worked for me, not, you know, just in my business, it, it, it resonates with me. But my, one of my first clients that I met way back as a freelancer, Lou Bayer, Louina Bayer, she wrote, a, she's a civility expert, and she wrote a book about how that uh, matters in business. And it's called Hard in Hard Business. It's called The 30% Solution. Um, and I can't remember the subtitle, How Civility at Work. Anyway, but basically in, in real numbers, real data creates customer retention and uh, employee mm-hmm. retention, which is bottom line stuff. And right. so the whole book, it's about you know, more than being nice, but about how, you know, ruthless is, it's not, you know, but you can be kind, you can be nice. So it's about civility. So there's more to that than kindness and niceness, but civility at work and it's, it's bottom line stuff. And I think it fits with me because we're really heart centered and mm-hmm. we start, like I said, my, my trajectory story, you know, I didn't, that's how I got into this was trying to help people. I still am really proud that our work elevates and celebrates a little phrase that I came up with in the middle of a podcast one day when I was trying to talk about how, I don't like, you know, because I was talking about how the the podcaster said he doesn't like, you wouldn't normally interview a publicist, you know, because the the idea of spin and all that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not a spin doctor. And I think the word PR needs like some PR, you know, because it's, it makes you feel like it's the politician correcting the politician's misdeed or something. And I was trying to explain what I, what I do when I was like, no, no, really. It's about like, they're all awesome. And I'm just like elevating and celebrating. And it came, I was like, Oh, it's a great tagline and it really is yeah. but, so now i'm gonna make it official but honestly elevating and celebrating that's what i do they're all awesome they're the creatives or they're you know uh, world changing writers or speakers or idea you know generators or they're small businesses making awesome things happen because each all those they're all awesome you know i never was really business minded growing up now i see like the power of of taking that power and building that power for yourself and mm-hmm. you know other people and then becoming a job creator and you know there's not you don't have to just be the lowest rung on the ladder or you know in my time growing up I would have thought even the jobs that I think would have thought were good jobs growing up with a good salary now I, I still obviously think they're good money but I see the sad really in a way because they're limited at that so you work really 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 hard then you get to that elevated plateau of the not the, the highest you make it your profession when somebody else is paying you and then you can't do any better than that. You can't work harder than that. You can't bring more to the table that's going to get you more, you know, when 
that's pretty much the job, you know, without starting to create something yourself. So now my dream for all, you know, other than my daughter, who like she's loves medicine since she's 15, like kids, she's a kid. And she, you know, she's on the doctor. She's in third year of school trying to go to be a surgeon. So that's obviously not like a entrepreneur thing. You've got to go to school for that. And you gotta, but everybody has a passion. I say just, you know, just like, honestly, I almost quoted Nike by accident, you know, just do it. But you know what I will quote? The Rocky <laughs> Horror Picture Show. Yeah. I always love it. It says, be uh, it. Twitter, dream it, be it. Be it, don't dream it. Yep. <laughs> don't just dream about it or think about it or think maybe someday. Just start, do it. Take the first step. I think I'm a publicist. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, great. But I mean, I deal with a lot of people in, in well, surgeons and people in healthcare and phys- physios and stuff. And you know, you go out and start your own private practice and you are in business, even That's after all true. that schooling for the thing that you're good at. And then you've still got to learn this other thing in order to survive. That's true too. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Thing. Yeah. Well, cool. Just but, like, yeah, exactly. Just like without, you know, without Jane McCormick, my business consultant, I got a name checker, honestly, PR Jane McCormick. But honestly, because she, like, I mean, as good as I am at the front, like she's brilliant at the back and people we need, everybody needs someone. We don't know what we don't know. Just like I right. look at businesses I'm like, man, why are you not utilizing this PR? Why are you not, you know, cause to me, it's so, it's just like, you know, just easy for the taking. Why are they doing it? It's free media and it elevates them this much, you know, and they're not same way. Someone like Jane looks at me and she's like, oh my gosh, look at this kid. <laughs> like she's so good at what she does. She's pumping way above her weight. She's got clients in Hollywood. She's got clients in Australia. She's, and she's sitting here acting like a freelancer. For God's sake, girl, make it a corporation. And for like two years, she's telling me this. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then finally over COVID, you know, between, I finally got it through my head. Now I'm so glad, but our comfort level, right? We have to get mm-hmm. it learn to succeed. We got to learn what we don't know and jump out of our comfort level. And right. so, for people listening to this, you're thinking media sounds scary because I know a lot of people think, "Oh, that sounds great for my business," but there's no way I could do it. It, it, it honestly, it isn't scary. I have some clients who never want to talk on the phone to anybody. You don't necessarily have to do TV or radio. You can be building your brand with writing stuff, with being being quoted in, uh, you know, things like Reader's Digest. They usually send you the questions and you answer them, and then you send them back and then you're in the Reader's Digest. So there's a lot of things you can do depending on your own comfort level. You don't necessarily have to be on stages or on TV if that's not what you're comfortable with. But you do need to start thinking about building your brand or your your personal brand, building your reputation for thought leadership, which puts, you know, it it just booms you with success no matter what you plan to do now or later, that's going to help. No, I love it. That's Well, that's a great final thought to, to leave us with. So thank you very, very much, Tracy. I appreciate it. This has been awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening.